0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Off the Record podcast. I am your host, Michael Pleasant, joined by Mark Gregory Feldman, Big Feldy. We got March Madness just right around the corner. Got some beautiful first four games on
1: Thursday. How are we doing tonight? Mikey, I'm doing great, man. You said the two key words that I am so excited to hear March Madness. I am so excited that this is the week where the tournament returns after a hiatus last year due to COVID-19. I'm so fired up. This upcoming Friday and Saturday, in my opinion, are the two greatest days in sports. 12 straight hours of basketball, back-to-back days. I'm so fired up. Excited to discuss March Madness with you. Let's get started.
0: Wow. Hey, we're not joined by Colin this week. Once again, you hate to see it, but Colin, we'll see you next week. But going to be out of town. So it'll be me and Colin Terlecki with a special guest next week on the pod.
1: Eldie, you're going home, right? I am going home. Going to see the family for a little bit. I mentioned last week on the podcast, my dad had some knee surgery. So going to head home, be with the family for a few days, and I'll be back on the podcast in two weeks.
0: Wow. It's going to be interesting to see who your replacement
1: is for that week. It's it's going to be a surprise. I think you'll like it. I think you will. I don't even know who the replacement is. So like you said, I am excited to find out. You might have to tell me behind the scenes. I'm going to have to get some guesses out of you.
0: I'll let you in. I'll let you in. So let's get right into the bracket. We're not going to go through every game because – there's so many games. We don't have time for that. You don't have time to sit here and listen to that. We're going to give you about three games on each side of the bracket just for the first round because that's what's on Friday. That's on Saturday. So um, let's go to you first. Let's go to you have the south side and you have the Midwest side of the bracket with number one seeds Baylor and Illinois. What are three games you're looking forward to in the south side of the bracket?
1: So in the south side of the bracket, From what I've seen, a lot of people are saying that this is a very chalky type bracket and a lot of people and we'll get to our lead eight final four and championship picks later, but a lot of people are saying just experts and things I've seen that is very chalky so a couple of the first round matchups I have are going to be things where I just think teams are going to be able to make a game of it and it won't be a lot of blowouts. so the first game. Since I am from Philadelphia, and I'm biased, and my college basketball team that I root for is the Villanova Wildcats, I'm going to go with the 5-12 matchup. I'm going to go with Villanova versus Winthrop, and that is a game that I am very excited to see. It is really going to be a great matchup. It'll be Friday night, the last game of the day, so everyone, after they've had a full day of watching March Madness, you can sit back on the couch and watch the South Five Twelve matchup. I'm really interested to see how Villanova responds. Again, they're going to be without Colin Gillespie. They're going to be without their best player justin moore their second best player in my opinion is coming off an ankle injury he returned in the biggies tournament didn't play a ton of minutes and was definitely rusty so i'm excited to see and winthrop coming out of the big south they're conference champions and they won the postseason championship as well they only have one loss on the year coming in at 23 and one i'm gonna go with villanova winning the game the line is minus six and a half i think winthrop might cover that pains me to say, as a Villanova fan, I do think the Wildcats pull it out in the end, but that's a game in the South that I'm really looking forward to. I have Winthrop winning that one. They have a 6-7. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that at all. <laughs> you know, That's really making me mad. I'm not going to lie.
0: We won't even go through my reasoning because I don't
1: want to torture you. What's second game we're looking forward to in the South? Second game I'm looking for in the South is actually the first game of the day on Friday. It is Florida and Virginia Tech. That is, the, uh, that is the 7-10 matchup. In my opinion, I'm going with the Florida Gators. They're ending the season on a rough patch. I think it was they've lost three of four, and they really struggled in the SEC tournament and at the end of the regular season. But I'm excited to see that matchup. It's two schools that when you really think of it, sometimes you might think of them as football schools. But this is the basketball matchup, and I'm excited. Uh, Virginia Tech's 15-6, while Florida's coming in at 14-9. So two teams that had some some ups and downs throughout the regular season. I'm going with Florida, but I mean that's another game I'm looking forward to as well. Once again, on opposite sides here, I'm going. You went with the games, Hokies, four and zero against top
0: twenty-five teams this year, and, I, and Florida was a top twenty-five team at some point. But I think they get the win. You know they're led by a, I think it was Jesus a junior center, uh, Kiva Luma. I think they get the win, but the problem is they did have five of their last eight games canceled due to COVID. So they're a little rusty, but I think them being in town, being in Indianapolis, I think they're going to get the win. Well, Feldy, what's the third final game you're looking forward to on the south side of the
1: bracket? Right. So my third and final game that I am looking forward to in the south side of the bracket is the 8-9 matchup. The North Carolina Tar Heels taking on the Wisconsin Badgers. I am super pumped for this game. It's the main game. It's 710 Eastern on CBS. So everyone after their work day settled in, maybe had a nice cocktail, had dinner. You're gonna sit on the couch. If you haven't been already, like we'll be doing for the previous 10 hours, you're gonna sit on the couch and you're gonna watch North Carolina and Wisconsin. Wisconsin at 17 and 12, taking on North Carolina. At 18 and 10 and I think Wisconsin is going to win that game, I guess, in a small upset. When I watch North Carolina throughout the year, they really seem to turn over the ball a lot and Wisconsin is a team that does not miss from the three throw line. They are really, really good when they played their last game. They were 27 and 29 from the line. And I think this game will come down to the sh- come down right to the stretch and right to the closing minutes. I'm going to take the Badgers in a small upset.
0: Wow, we cannot agree on a game off these first three. I'm going with North Carolina. They ended the season, I think, they ended the season winning four of their last six games with some big wins over Florida State and, once again, Virginia Tech. They have three dudes, three forwards on the team, getting at least, I think, seven rebounds a game. So they're really going to be able to compete with Wisconsin's size. I have UNC beating Wisconsin. Wow, this is going to
1: make for an interesting uh, bracket challenge between me and you. That is very interesting. I cannot believe we are in a pool, by the way, for the listeners out there, a little $20 buy-in. So we are competing against, I'm competing against Mikey and 11 other players. It's going to be interesting right there. That's three uh, three matchups in the South. But uh, Mikey, I want to hear one of your, uh, your size. Let's go to the West side. Gonzaga is the one seed in that region. What are three matchups you're looking for? These games will be on Saturday.
0: Wow. I am upset heavy in two parts of this bracket. I have... You see Santa Barbara beating Creighton. I I don't know how you feel about that one, but I think that you see Santa Barbara with uh, Jaquiri McLaughlin. They went on an 18-1 run in 2021. I think they're going to be able to upset Creighton. I just, I don't know what it is. I think that, I don't like the way Creighton's playing too. They're kind of limping into the tournament as a tad bit. They got blown out by Georgetown, which really shocked me in the the Big East Championship game. So I just, I think they're going to be limping in and
1: I really like UC Santa Barbara to win that game. Well, let's keep the disagreements going. I am going to take the Creighton Blue Jays in that matchup. Um, Zegarowski from Creighton. I think he's going to have a huge day. I'm thinking maybe 30 points against Santa Barbara. I really think that Creighton's going to play well, so we'll disagree there. Interesting,
0: interesting. We, I, One of us might be out of it in the race in the first uh, week, because the first weekend, because we are opposite on everything right now. Looking that way. This is really our first time going through our brackets together, too. All right. I have a second matchup that I'm almost positive we are going to be on different sides. Virginia against Ohio. I am going with Ohio in the upset there. They have Jason Preston, do-it-all point guard junior. My man Rashad Phillips on Twitter, I follow him. He breaks down a lot of mid-major guards. And Jason Preston is legit. He's a first-round pick. And part of the reason I'm doing it is because the talent gap isn't as wide as I thought it would be but Virginia had that COVID spike. They are not going to get into town until Friday. I mean, they'll have one day of practice before they gear up to play Ohio. I think that's going to have a severe effect on them, and I have Ohio getting upset.
1: Let's make it five straight disagreements i am going with Mm -hmm. the virginia cavaliers yes they've had COVID. yes they haven't played in nine days yes ohio is the trendy pick to win but i just think virginia down low ohio is not a great defensive rebounding team and they don't have a good inside presence i think the veteran uh reigning champions the virginia cavaliers are going to win that game
0: all righty let's go to a third game and once again I'm not upset crazy, but I do like certain matchups. And I have VCU, the 10 seed, over Oregon, the seven. I'm a huge fan of VCU with that like pack line defense they play that really blitz you. They are top 10 in adjusted efficiency and turnover percentage, block percentage, and steal percentage. And my guy, Nishan Bones Highland, he is also, I think, a first round pick. He is an offensive star averaging about 20 points per game. I think they get the win over Oregon as well
1: disagreement six in a <laughs> row give me the ducks the pack 12 7 seed, the oregon ducks oregon is a really good three-point shooting team and when they get to 38 percent from behind the line they win they're 14 and one this year when they hit that mark i think they're going to break the vcu press and i think they're going to hit threes and they're going to come out with the victory
0: Wow, that is interesting. Another reason I'm picking them is because Bones Highland already got his bad game out of the way in the A-10 championship game. So that's why I'm going to VCU to come out hot. Feldy, let's go back to you on the Midwest side. Are we going to disagree with 12
1: for 12 picks here? Your next three, what do you got? I don't think we're going to disagree 12 for 12. That would be really shocking to me. And I would kind of be... I just would be shocked if that actually happens. But the first matchup that I like in the Midwest is the 8-9 matchup. Not surprising. Two close teams. Loyola-Chicago with Sister Jean making a return and the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. You know what? For me, this was more of just a gut feel. I didn't do a lot of research and a lot of stats into why I thought Georgia Tech was going to win this game. That is who I'm going with. I just think Loyola Chicago had their run a few years ago, three years ago, when they made the Final Four. Sister Jean was a little younger then. Not that I'm age-discriminating, but I'm just saying (laughs) that I think Loyola Chicago had their time. Yes, they won their conference tournament. I just like Georgia Tech, and I'm just going with a hunch there. Yeah, everyone, this Loyola Chicago team is much better than that last one was about
0: three years ago but they they're not going to get the same breaks the amount of game winners the amount of lucky tips and bounces that's gonna i don't know if that's gonna uh, fall fall into the same spot that they had it before and they're and i know sister jean's actually gonna be uh, she's traveling yes. with the team so that's gonna be interesting i know how, i love how they do their little prayer before the game you know god you're on our side let's go and beat georgia tech well sorry sister jean it's not gonna work for you this time i'm going with the acc tournament winners georgia tech baby agreement. I love Let's to see go. it. Let's go. Wow. Everybody get loud.
1: <laughs> that is unreal. I really thought <laughs> you were going to do it, Lloyd. You said and like I to the audience, we have not discussed this, but when you said they're better than they were 3 years ago, I was like, here we go again, but you came around at the yellow jackets. 100%. Okay, so the second matchup that I'm looking forward to in the Midwest is the 6-11 matchup, San Diego State and Syracuse. Again, maybe it's a little former Big East bias, but I'm going to go with an upset, and the Syracuse Orange with that 2-3 zone, I think are going to win and beat San Diego State. Syracuse, they play that 2-3 zone, and this is a game that's going to come down to miss shots, and that's just my hunch I'm going with. I think San Diego State is going to get a little nervous. Tournament game, I think they're going to miss. Also, I like Syracuse down low. If if San Diego State can get by that Syracuse zone to the rim, Syracuse has a lot of defensive uh big men down low who can block shots and protect the rim. And then on the other end, Syracuse, like I said, with Wisconsin, Syracuse is a great free throw shooting team. And if this game comes down the stretch, I'm going to like the orange to pull it out close one.
0: I disagree with you on that one. I'm going with San Diego State. (laughs) You're right, figures. I'm going with San Diego State. I think they're just the better team. But you know me, and within the first eight to ten minutes of this game, we'll be able to really tell who's going to win that game because that 3-2 zone, if that starts to really bother you and affect you, then San Diego State's got no shot. They're gonna struggle with it all game. If the three's not falling, if they can't shoot the three and hit it effectively, they
1: have no shot. But I'm going with San Diego State in this game. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, it, it definitely is going to be a close one. And I really think that it's just that game is a that they you always say you live and die by the three. But for both those teams, San Diego State and Syracuse, it really is just going to be who makes more threes. I think that's the winner when we when we look at the stats at the end of the uh, end of the game. But my final matchup that I'm looking forward to in the Midwest is the 7-10 matchup. The Clemson Tigers coming in at 16-7 as the seven seed, taking on the Rutgers Scarlet Knights, ten seed, 15-11. and And for me, in this one, this is more just like a storyline win. Rutgers, their first time in the tournament in 30 years. Woo. They haven't been in since 1991. They haven't made an Elite Eight, Mikey, since 1993. Shocking. We weren't born yet. We weren't thought of yet. Our parents wow. didn't even conceive us yet. My parents got married in 1993. <laughs> so that's how long ago it was. But that's 1993 hilarious. was the last Elite Eight. But the reason I think Rutgers is going to win, besides just that storyline that they're going to beat Clemson, is that Clemson is not a great scoring team. If Rutgers wants to show up even half defensively, they're going to win this game. Clemson was last in the ACC in scoring, and they're a team that really doesn't get to 70 points. Rutgers is a good team. I saw They played a tough, tough, tough big team. Schedule, and I'm really excited to see them in the tournament. Scarlet Knights come out with the victory. Wow, that's big. I'm
0: going Rutgers too,
1: and I yes. agree with you. I think that's huge. That's huge. That's good momentum.
0: That is huge momentum going into my side of the bracket. I think Rutgers playing that, like you said, that brutal Big Ten schedule, I think that's going to benefit him here come turning time against Clemson. I really do think that their defense is going to show up, and Clemson only averaging 65 points per game. So and Rutgers, 1-7 against top 25 teams. So against great teams, they do struggle. But I do think experience against those great teams is going to benefit them when they play Clemson.
1: And Clemson isn't a great team, like we both just mentioned. Yeah. So that 1-7 stat, that's just getting that experience, playing the Michigans, the Wisconsin's, the Michigan State's. That's, that's a really good team. So, Mikey, let's head to you on the east side of the bracket. Again, they play on Saturday, just like the west. What are your three – and, by the way, this is the Michigan side. So maybe we'll see some upsets, question mark? What do you got the
0: first game? I want to talk about is the eight, nine matchup, the LSU Tigers against St. Bonaventure. I think that LSU has the chance if they win this game to beat Michigan, they have Whoa. my, my guy, the guy who I think I'm putting all my stock in in this upcoming draft is Cam Thomas, freshman, average 22.8 points per game. First team all sec. They have Trendon Wofford, Javante smart. They have three dudes who I wouldn't be shocked. If they all put up 20 on you in the game. They just absolutely battled with Alabama in the SEC championship game. Took a, t- took a tough loss, but I really think that this team, if they beat St. Bonaventure, I might pick them to beat Michigan as well.
1: Well, that's a little foreshadowing, so I like to hear that. We might have to take a look at that round of 32 matchup if it is Michigan-LSU. But I agree with you. I'm also going with the LSU Tigers. I, I watched that a 10 final with St. Bonaventure, and while they played well and they looked good in that matchup winning it, I just saw some flaws. I saw defensively that they really couldn't guard one on one with the ball. And LSU is a team that really moves it around so quickly and, and can rise and fire and shoot a ton of threes. I think they are going to come out with the victory.
0: And it's weird. Saint Bonaventure only goes like five guys deep. They really do play like five guys on that team. Five, like five, six guys get an actual minutes. So yeah, they're rely- four six. That's it. Mm-hmm. They rely on those guys, and they are going to play you know 20, 22 plus minutes for that team. So it's going to be interesting. The next matchup I have is. It's one that we both – it's going to be a play-in game on Thursday. It's the BYU against either Michigan State or UCLA. First off, who
1: do you have winning the play-in game? I have Michigan State. I have Sparty winning that play-in game over UCLA.
0: You're a big Sparty guy. I'm. I don't. I don't know. I honestly, I haven't decided who I'm gonna pick in that game yet. But every year, the one stat that I always look up is that whoever, someone who wins a first four game, wins a tournament game. So we know it's not gonna be the two sixteen seeds. So I'm gonna go with literally whoever wins that MSU UCLA game, just because momentum, and I think they beat BYU, plain and simple.
1: Absolutely, I'm in the same boat. I think Michigan State's gonna win that playing game. And beat UCLA, and then they are gonna go and play BYU and win that game as well as an 11 seed. I totally agree with you with that stat. There is one year, there is always a first four team that wins their first four game and then around a 64 game. I absolutely think that's going to be Michigan state. They were a team before the season that had so much talent. They really struggled under Tom Izzo, but he's a veteran coach. He's someone who knows how to get it done in March. And they have Josh Langford, Rocket Watts, Aaron Henry, just three studs that have been around, know how, know the program and know how to get it done. And I'm going to go with Sparty to win the playing game and then be BYU as well.
0: That's big. That's
1: big. Same here. Let's talk about the, uh, the, my, my
0: final game in this side is the Georgetown, Colorado matchup. This is very interesting to me. I actually, as of right now, I have Colorado winning because I don't want to get too upset heavy, but I think that Georgetown, even though they were hot in the turning, I think they're going to get boat raced. Like I said, little reference last week, shellacked boat race destroyed. I think Colorado might win this game by 15 plus. I, I just think they're. I saw them play all year in the PAC 12. They're a good team. It's plain and simple. You know they beat you they literally swept USC split with Oregon split with UCLA I really think they're gonna beat Georgetown
1: by 10 plus points I agree with you my biggie's bias ends here I think Georgetown <laughs> had an amazing run <laughs> yeah the biggie's bias Creighton Villanova Yukon which we didn't talk about I think they all win but it right only goes here, so far it only goes so far it only goes so far I can't give I cannot give Patrick Ewing and the Georgetown Hoyas a win here. Like you said, they played outstanding in the Big East tournament. They obviously beat Villanova, so I know them very well in that quarterfinal matchup. I think the run ends. I think Colorado is going to shut down Georgetown from three. They're very good defensively from not letting teams get above 40%. And I think Georgetown, even though they like to pound it inside, this is a game where they're going to have to hit threes and they're not going to be able to. So I like the Buffaloes actually kind of handling this game. I would say close to double digits.
0: All right. Well, we went through three games on each side of the bracket that we all kind of liked. But let's go.
1: Well, what else you got, Feldy? I just want to say, I hope if people are listening to this tomorrow morning when they're still figuring out the brackets, we might have just given them some good insight. I like our hey. predictions. Even when we disagree, too, we let people hear both sides of the coin. So Hopefully, hopefully they listen and they take some of these notes because I don't well, they know. They better if I... listen. If you're listening to this, I'm, I'm, thank you for listening since you got through hey. this far. You are talking
0: to freshman year champion Mark Feldman and sophomore year champ me, so you're right. We are. We are the only two ones to win the bracket out of all of our friends and all of our family.
1: Can we talk about for this sec- for a second? That's actually unbelievable. I we've talked about this off air, but I totally forgot about that for a half second. You're right. I won freshman year when Villanova beat Michigan and you won when Virginia beat Texas Tech sophomore year and there's no junior. Year. So this is obviously the rest of the group doesn't even matter. We're we're the two that have the winning winning side on our coin. This is the break to tie. Like I said, remember we were talking,
0: we literally talked about like last week. We were looking back at 2019. We both went 14 for 16 in the Sweet 16 and 7 for 8 in the Elite
1: 8. That's kind of outrageous. That is outrageous, and you ju- you picked the championship game. The so that was, what, game, that was yeah. what turned it over. You had Virginia. I'll never get over that Purdue-Virginia game from 2019 with Diakite hitting that, like, 17-footer to tie the game. I don't want to beautiful. talk about it, even though I just brought it up. But that game and that run by Virginia, after, by the way, after losing as a one seed the year before. So that was pretty good pick by you to say that they were going to win it all. But, yeah, we both won a tournament, and now it's coming down to our senior year. Who's going to take take home the title? Who's going to split?
0: You know what, if, Felby? If I win, I'll treat you to a little Cheesecake Factory. What can I say? We'll go. I'll get, you, I'll
1: get you a little appetizer the old cheesecake on me. I hope everyone who's listening to this right now understands that breaking news. He just said that if he wins this tournament, ladies and gentlemen, we are going back to the Cheesecake Factory. Should we let in the audience a little bit? Speaking of a Cheesecake Factory, which was our lunch last wow. week, what our meal was, Yeah, it I'll was- have you explain the appetizers ladies and gentlemen these appetizers were some of the best things i've ever eaten at cheesecake factory and it had nothing to do with cheesecake we had the crab and what was it crab and spinach no it was crab a spinach and- it was a spinach artichoke crab dip with bruschetta bread on the side so the bread you would use <laughs> that bruschetta goes on top ladies and gentlemen it was unbelievable the alfredo we like bruschetta, like cheese that came off the bread that you dipped into the crab that just soothed down our throats. It was unbelievable. And that was just one half of our appetizer.
0: Wow, the apps, apps splitting appetizers is a power move. We do it every time. It's splitting apps is 100% a power move. Even though you got a little pricey and smell of money, you got to treat yourself. And then the second app, the mushroom and spinach flatbread, little four small square slices for the, each of us.
1: <laughs> it was so good. Your and mushroom flatbread from way downtown and cheesecake factory wow. takes the lead wow and cheesecake factory up 15 time out alive. olive garden the olive gardens stood no
0: shot we were never going to olive garden
1: it was under consideration for about a half a second that's why i used them as the team that had to call timeout. Yeah, yeah unfortunately olive garden got bow raced like, in this situation they were on they were down
0: eight points with six minutes to go make looking to make a run and then cheesecake factory pulled away no question
1: Well, speaking of dessert and uh, Cheesecake Factory and topping off a win, let's talk about our Elite Eight and who's going to win the championship. How's that transition? Wow, beautiful. Beautiful. (laughs) Thank you.
0: Let's go. I'm going to give you my Elite Eight. On the west side of the bracket, I have Gonzaga, Kansas. On the south, Baylor, Ohio State. In the midwest, Illinois and San Diego State. And then in the east, I have Florida State and Texas.
1: Okay, so very quickly, we can get – Oh, get rid of the ones that we agree with the West. I have Gonzaga, Kansas as well. I think both teams are playing really well, even though Kansas has had some COVID troubles. So in the West, we agree with that in the South. That's where I was talking about the chalk. I have Baylor, Ohio state as well. Then in the Midwest, I have Illinois as well, but I have West Virginia. I have mountaineers going to the elite eight and taking on the Illini. Um, um, very excited to see how Jarrett Holver and Bob Huggins come into this tournament and how they play. Again, this West Virginia team is not really a press Virginia anymore. They're more of a stay back, slow down the pace, run their sets, and on defense, just man up. So I'm going with West Virginia in the Midwest. What are your thoughts on that? In that round of 32
0: matchup, I have San Diego State beating them. I just think they were hot in their tournament, and I think they're going to keep that going. In my thought process, you always have to have a 5 seed or higher in that Elite Eight. You have to have them in the Elite Eight. So this was my seed that was going to be – outside be a 5 seed or higher in the Elite Eight I kind of just look at the numbers and then look at the team that fits that mold and San Diego State happened to fit that mold they were hot in their conference championship and I think they're going to continue that unless they lose to Syracuse and then I have egg on my face and I'm wrong <laughs>
1: I was going to say, it's going to come down to that first Friday match, because I had Syracuse beating San Diego State. So that's why I have West Virginia winning, because then I think they'll take care of the orange. But so that's who I have in the Midwest. And finally, in the East, I have Florida State, the Seminoles, taking on Roll Tide. That's right. This isn't football. This is an Alabama, Florida State football. It's Alabama with Javon Quinterly against Florida State in the Elite Eight in the East region. Wow, that's I agree with you. I think Florida State is versatile. They're super
0: lengthy, super long. And I'm a I'm a Scotty Barnes truther. I think he's gonna be an absolute stud in the league. Top 10 pick. You draft him, you get a starter for 10 years, plain and simple. But I interesting you have Bama over Texas. I think Kai Jones is starting to come on. He's a freshman. He was averaging like eight points a eight points a game. He has really started to come on as of late. I think that he's gonna give Herb Herbert Jones some problems. SEC defensive player of the year. I think he's gonna give him some problems actually. I have Texas.
1: That Sweet 16 matchup, though, if that's what it is, Alabama versus Texas is going to be a must-watch. That's going to be a great game because it's really contra- contrasting styles with Texas and their big length and just playing down low versus Jones and Alabama out on the guards. They're and I just shoot. shouted out Quinterly because yeah. it's a Villanova guy, by the way. Yeah, well, Alabama's
0: going to shoot thirty-three.
1: So Right, so it's just what happened. So I think that's going to be a great Sweet 16 matchup. I'm just going to go with the guard play. You went with the big man. We'll have to see. All right, final four time. Veldy. Who do you have in your final four? I think they're, we're going to be pretty similar here from what I've heard, but who do you have in your final four? Well, let's go on the side, and then you can respond, which I'm guessing that we're going to agree with. I have Baylor coming out of the South, and I have Illinois coming out of the Midwest. So I have those two teams, Baylor playing Illinois. Do you agree?
0: I have both of those teams as well. I think these were the second and third best team in the country all year. And like I said, I think that you can have your upsets in your bracket. You have to be smart. You can have your upsets in your bracket, But it does tend to start to be chalky as you get to the Elite Eight, the Final Four. And I think these two teams are the two of the three best teams in the country. I have them in my Final Four as well.
1: Okay, so we agree there. I know we're not going to agree on the one bracket right here. So let's go to the West. The Gonzaga Bulldogs run ends in the Elite Eight against the Kansas Jayhawks. By the way, these two teams played, I think it was the first game of the season, in a uh, non conference preseason tournament. And Gonzaga won by 12, yes, but it was a 102 to 90 score. Both teams were lighting it up, and that is not going to happen this time. I think Kansas is going to bounce back. Bill Self does not lose to teams twice in the same season, and that is my big, big upset. I think the three seed Kansas is going to beat Gonzaga. Wow. Defend Gonzaga, go ahead. You know,
0: I have Gonzaga winning the whole thing. I have them beating Illinois. It's a little fast forward, I haven't beaten Illinois but you have Kansas beating them. This is my thing. Once again, I'm a weird history buff like this. The last time Duke and Kentucky were not in the tournament was the last time a team went undefeated and won the whole thing. And I think history, time is like a circle. It always comes back around. It's going to happen again. Gonzaga is going to be cutting down the nets. They're playing Texas in the Final Four, but I think Gonzaga is going to be cutting down the nets at the end of the year with Final Four MVP Jalen
1: Suggs. Interesting, Jalen Suggs. You hopped a little head there. And then on the – before we get to our championship picks, um, I have Florida State coming out of the East and making the Final Four. What about you?
0: I have Texas coming out of that side as well. But like I said, once again, I didn't want to include them because I knew they were going to lose to Gonzaga.
1: (laughs) That that East, though – by the way, that East bracket is really interesting. With Livers being out for Michigan and them being the one seed – I don't I haven't heard anyone pick Michigan going in the final four maybe besides our friend Reno Del Toro but he'll lose in a bracket early so it's okay but he took, he took last place so. he took that is a true fact true statement he took last place so he took last place in one in the sophomore year tournament and a freshman year tournament his team lost to my team that's even more heartbreaking
0: yeah, so he's, that's
1: he's been a tough he's, run he's getting burned a lot in that situation unfortunately so that's what we have so go, go through and list your final four again one more time for the audience Gonzaga against Texas.
0: Baylor against Illinois. I have Gonzaga and Illinois both winning their matchup and meeting the national championship. And I have Gonzaga, Corey Kispert, Jalen Suggs, cutting down the nets. Mark Few gets his ring.
1: Okay, so I I get that. It's a popular pick. I have Baylor and Illinois with Baylor winning that side on the right side of the bracket. Kansas playing Florida State with the depth of Florida State outlasting the Jayhawks. So I have Baylor, Florida State, and I have the Baylor Bears winning the 2021 NCAA Division One Men's Basketball Championship. I think Davion Mitchell and Jared Butler are the two stars of the team this year, and I think it's time for Baylor and Waco to be cutting down the nets in three weeks.
0: Wow, they'll be going wild in Waco, Texas, if that's the case. They will be rocking there. Unfortunately, it is 100% business open, so they, they actually will be legitimately
1: rocking there. they will absolutely be rocking and it's going to be a matchup that if it is baylor florida state or for you if it's gonzaga illinois no matter who it is it's going to be an amazing national championship i think i don't see like a five six seven seed making the final four and then even the championship game i think it's going to be the top teams that you know coming into this tournament ending up being at the end of the at the end of the madness.
0: We talked about that, that bubble. It feels chalky. I'm just getting a serious chalk vibe about it. It feels like it's going to be chalk come after. I think you'll get your upset sprinkled in here and there, but once like the elite eight hits, I think we're getting one, two
1: scenes running rampant over the tournament. I totally agree. I totally mentioned that to you a few weeks ago. I think with the travel being non-existent, they're in Indianapolis and with the fans being very reduced. I know like at the Villanova game, it's 1600 fans. So it's a very low crowd especially when they're at Lucas Oil Stadium, too. I'm not sure what the percentages of fans at March Madness and at the Final Four specifically, but it's going to be very low, low crowd. And a lot of the time, the crowd is what helps those underdog teams. A big three that makes it a 7-2 run, and the crowd's going nuts, and you hear the March Madness music mm-hmm. in, on air and even in the <laughs> arena. But I just think, and I agree with you, that's going to be very chalky once you get to the Elite Eight Final Four and Championship.
0: Wow, I cannot wait until Friday or Saturday. See if we are proven right or wrong. Good show today, Feldy. I like your picks. I like your picks. I like that we disagreed a little bit, even though we hadn't seen each other's bracket. We hadn't even talked about these games. I like that we disagreed a little bit.
1: No, I totally agree. And I think that it was good that we didn't look at each other's brackets. I wanted to hear right here on the pod what was going to be your picks. And I'm excited. I think, like I said early on when we started this, my two favorite days of the entire year in the sports calendar is the Friday and Saturday this year. Usually it's Thursday and Friday. It's the round of 64 games from on the West Coast, nine to nine on the East Coast, noon to midnight, 12 straight hours. Each time, there's four games in like a set, and then they'll reset to start four. I am so excited. I'll be up early having my uh, having my cereal, maybe a little granola, peanut butter granola. I just bought <laughs> that at Fry's last week. Very delicious. I'll be having that in the morning. Nice shower. And by 9.15 a.m. out here in uh, Arizona, we'll be watching Virginia, Virginia Tech. I'm fired up. Can't wait. Wow, we're going to be locked in on the couch Friday, Saturday.
0: Hey, well, thank you for joining us, everybody. I'm Michael Pleasant, joined by my man, Mark Feldman. That's going to do it for the Off the Record podcast. We'll see you next week.